0: The Blast
1: from Our Past Network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we have an all Inspector Gadget episode. I'm excited about this one. Uh, Because this is a property that we definitely watched when we were younger, and we'll talk more about that specifically uh, on the TV side of things. Um, I will say, I'd never seen the Inspector Gadget movie before this. Neither had I. (laughs) So, we are doing this specifically for the show. We really wanted to get the show in here, and we thought... You know what? It would make sense to do it with the movie. That's from the 90s. And we are going to be doing our own casting. I am also pretty excited about the casting because I could see this property coming back.
0: Yeah, I I could too. Funny story about this. This whole episode actually started as a patron request. They had Uh, requested, I believe it was Stephen Wilhelm.
1: I thought you know what I kind of remember that too, and it was I just on remember.
0: there. And then he changed his mind, and he wanted to do something else. I can't remember which one it was that we ended up doing instead of uh, this a one. Lo- we
1: did a lot of s'more set with him not too long ago. I think that was probably it.
0: Mm, I think it was the, the the second one that we did with him, where he initially okay. wanted this one, and then he changed his mind. Okay, um, but then I never took this off the schedule. It, it kept getting moved down for other things. I think we just kind of left it on because it made sense. If it the totally movies makes from ninety nine. You know, the TV show, we definitely grew up with it, so it made sense just to put them together.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Special shout out to Stephen Wilhelm. A little extra bonus episode for you, my man. Ah! <laughs> so. There you go. good Wilhelm scream in there, too. All right. Well, this movie uh, came out in 1999. John, what else happened that year?
0: All right. Well, the film was released on July 23rd of 1999, the Billboard Top 100 single of that week. Was Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child.
1: I remember that time, that was a good song, and Destiny's Child kind
0: of, I wouldn't say ruled the world, but they were definitely, definitely huge. They were everywhere. Um, I've mentioned this before, but Nielsen ratings uh, starting around like '97 or so are actually hard to find specifics for the week. Um, that, so, yeah. at my best guess, I could find it uh, was most likely "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire."
1: Oh, that that show really like was massive for it because like it, it was on, on like prime three time.
0: times a week. Yeah, it in like different time slots and everything. It was it was
1: everywhere. Yeah, freaking Regis. Regis like took over primetime. Cause he did, you know, he had his, his early morning show, uh, and then hey, who wants to be a millionaire? That's a terrible.
0: It's out of control. Out of control.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yes, that was that was definitely big.
0: Uh the on this same day, uh a game called Jagged Alliance 2 for the PC was released. It is some sort of role playing game. I'm not hmm. familiar with it.
1: Not familiar with it as well?
0: Uh, the New York Times bestseller was Hannibal by Thomas Harris, which was okay. also very famously turned into a movie. Yeah. Um, and yep. I can't remember if that was the one that um, uh, Anthony Hopkins came back for or if it was a different yeah, actor. He,
1: he was in Hannibal, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think it was the one where he made Ray Leo to eat his own brains, I think. I think that's that movie, but I could be mistaken.
0: Oh, lovely. Yeah. Anytime anyone does something where like they make them eat their own something, I think of that scene in Sin City with the girl's like she made me watch cuz Elijah uh Elijah Wood's made her eat her own hand. Or made oh. him watch oh. watch him eat her hand, something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Uh and my uh, fun fact for 1999, um as many of you probably remember, uh, Phil Collins very famously did the uh, music for Disney's Tarzan film around this time. Mm-hmm. Not only did he record the English version, but he also did the French, German, Italian, and Spanish version of the soundtrack. Wow, he sang them himself? Yes, he did. Wow, that's killer. That probably just means extra money for him. Yeah. <laughs> and does. Disney, obviously, yes. Yeah, so. All right, and that was 1999. All right, what a wonderful year it was. Uh,
1: let's just uh Go, go, Gadget movie. How about that? <laughs> All right, Inspector Gadget, this film, 1999, directed by David Kellogg. David Kellogg had a lot of Playboy movies under his belt, uh, including such movies as Farmer's Daughters, Wet and Wild, and Playmates at Play. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Woo! A lot of commercials and also music videos, including Michael Jackson's Jam. And he only had two feature-length films, one of them being Inspector Gadget. The other feature-length film was Cool as Ice, was starring it, was it, Vanilla Ice. I was going to
0: say, was that, that was the Vanilla Ice movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Interesting I, choice on director. I can see why he only directed two features. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: music was by John Debney uh who did uh, quite a bit of awesome uh movies here. He did Hocus Pocus, Little Giants, Liar Liar, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Spy Kids, Scorpion King, Elf, Passion of the Christ, Sin City, Iron Man 2 and The Jungle Book remake. The kind of recent Jungle Book remake okay. so a lot of a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Some other quite big names who worked on this film. Uh the director of photography, the cinematographer Adam Greenberg Also, filmed films, also did movies like The Terminator, Terminator 2, uh, Alien Nation, uh, Terminator, or uh, Rush Hour, Eraser, and Snakes on a Plane, a bunch of other stuff, too. Nice. So, good movies. And then I noticed that IMDb has Jerry Greenberg as um, an uncredited editor. And Jerry Greenberg is a fantastic editor. Um, see if you've heard of any of these films. <laughs> French Connection, Apocalypse Now, Kramer versus Kramer, Scarface, Untouchables, American History X. He was the editor on all, on all those.
0: Oh, all, uh, all indie films. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Not like award-winning massive films or anything. No,
0: yeah, of course. Uh, and then
1: Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you got to pay the bills sometimes. Yep. Uh, the cast for this one, Inspector Gadget, but a.k.a. John Brown, and they call him John Brown all the goddamn time, and they don't fucking say Inspector Gadget, like, maybe even once. Who is <laughs> <laughs> I Am I setting up my expectations for this film? Is played by Matthew Broderick. We know him from War Games, the producers, and, of course, Ferris Bueller. Uh, doctor Claw, which you know he's not even a doctor. He doesn't even say Doctor Claw. Just call me Claw. On this one is uh, AKA Sanford or uh, Stanford Scolex, Sanford Scolex, played by Rupert Everett. I remember him best from my best friend's wedding. Uh, he also did the voice of Prince Charming in Trek Two II and Three hmm. and plenty of stuff. He's actually been in quite a few, quite a few things. Penny was played by Michelle Trachtenberg. Uh, she's from Euro Trip, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and in like the mid nineties, Harry the Spy. She yeah. was kind of hot off that. And when I saw her uh, on the credits, because as as we both mentioned, this is the first time I s- I've seen the movies, first time you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I saw her and I'm like, oh, so they must have gone with an aged up uh, penny. And then you see her on the screen like, oh, wait, no, she was a she was a young child actress. I forget how Michelle Trachtenberg was actually a kid actress. Yeah. And then Brenda, uh, who is a new character for the film, was played by Jolie Fisher. Uh, she was in The Mask. She was in the show Ellen. And also... Um, brad garrett's wife uh in the show till death so she was hmm. pretty pretty popular like kind of sitcom actress and in plenty of things and then chief Quinby was played by dabney coleman he was also in war games and maybe maybe most famously nine to five yep. for me um and then also tootsie on golden pond he's been in a lot of stuff yeah i think people would recognize him oh yeah for
0: sure i classic character actor who popped up in all kinds yep. of stuff yep yep he did
1: uh, and then also, the budget of this movie was about eighty million dollars, some around that, and it made one hundred and thirty-five million. So it did pretty decent in the box office. Hmm. So yeah, even without us going to see it, it did just <laughs> fine. Um, they did actually make a straight-to-DVD sequel of this film. Wasn't
0: it? Uh, wasn't it starring French Stewart? It was yeah. starring
1: French Stewart of uh, Third Rock from the Sun fame. Which honestly, I saw that casting and I was like. That kind of works better for me. I think it actually works better than Matthew Broderick. Not to say I dislike Matthew Broderick as an actor. I just never thought he was a good casting choice. I agree. I think he was just.
0: Yeah. I think he was just big at the moment for whatever reason. They just yeah. put him in there. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's go into our scene by scene breakdown, and we start off with the opening titles, uh, which is kind of all these gears and all this stuff. And I do like how they they kind of. Um, you know, make the uh, the Walt Disney opener specific to the film, and it kind of looked all kind of gadgety and whatnot. And they immediately use the song. <laughs> And I have to give them props. A lot of times in these movies, they like save that for a big moment, and they're just like, "No, give the people what they want. They want the fucking song, theme song, yep. and we got that right away." Uh, we meet Officer uh, in quotations, John Brown. He's trying to help with this brakes that has no, you know, this bus that has no brakes, saving these kids who get hit. It's very superhero esque, and it all seems kind of farcical because it's a dream, mm. and so it is. Uh, he's actually a security guard and uh his his niece penny lives with him and wants him to go to career day but he is of course embarrassed by you know all these other bigger better career people and whatnot so we also meet brenda and her father who are working on basically mind-controlled cybernetics um, her dad played by renee
0: i believe it you know how to pronounce I, I think it's abergenois
1: that was well done. I think you're probably <laughs> right. Aubert um, he was in Boston Legal, but I know, John, you probably recognize him best from his Star Trek.
0: Oh, uh, Odo in DS9, yeah, uh, great, great character on that show. And sh- I think a lot of people consider that one to be critically the best Star Trek. Oh, oh really? Yes, uh, because they really they kind of broke away from the um. Gene Roddenberry sort of idioms of he had certain rules for Star Trek and and uh, the Next Generation in general stuck to those idioms, Mm -hmm. but I believe he had he started to set this one up, but then he passed and the writers really took this one to a a darker place. And so Mm -hmm. if you don't watch, you know, if you've never watched a, a lot of Star Trek or if you think that Star Trek is too silly, and you like something a little bit more dark, I recommend check out DS9. Like most Star Treks, it takes a couple of seasons to really warm into everything, but everything gets really, really good going by the third season and beyond. So I really recommend that uh, if if you're on the fence about checking out Star Trek at all.
1: Okay. Very cool. Uh, we see Sanford Skolex is kind of spying on Brenda from his limo, um, and and they're Kind of lab and all this stuff. Um, we also see that John has a big old crush on Brenda because he's like the security guard at the lab that they work at. Sanford busts into the lab with his limo and steals the cybernetics equipment, specifically like this big foot, uh, some of this other stuff, and kills Brenda's dad. Uh, so the Deep Space Nine guy doesn't get much time in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's Odo is gone. Uh, John runs after them. Uh, you know he's trying to catch them in his. I think he said it's a Chevette. I wasn't really sure. It's like a <laughs> Chevette hatchback, yeah, tiny little thing. He kind of end of eventually gets them stopped. You know, the big car crash scene, and then the billboard with Yahoo advertising <laughs> crashes onto the limo. That was,
0: that was the most blatant uh, paid advertisement <laughs> into a movie I've probably ever seen. They even did the uh, the, car t- the the
1: the commercial Yahoo yeah.
0: as it fell.
1: Uh-oh. Yahoo! Like I was like, whoa! Yahoo paid big, big bucks for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Sanford throws this exploding cigar at uh, at John, which blows him up, and it also blows a bowling ball up into the air that lands on his hand. Ugh. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to flat out say I didn't need any of this opener from after the opening title credit of that dream sequence till this second, cut it out of the movie. I don't want the fucking backstory of how Inspector Gadget becomes Inspector Gadget.
0: I had the exact same thought. I was like, I don't need his origin story. I already know who he is. Yeah, absolutely. we We don't need, you know, we don't need You know, to know that Batman's parents died for the 18th fucking time. Just just get it going. (laughs) I thought the exact same thing.
1: I immediately went to Batman. I was like, (laughs) if they do it. I mean, I don't need the Batman origin story. I don't need the Inspector Gadget story. Just go on with it. I definitely don't need the how did Claw lose his hand story Like, the mystery behind the villains, it was what makes them cool. And they got rid of all the mystery with Claw here, because guess what? You see his face uh, in that same scene when he pops out of the fucking limo, and you see his face clearly, and then he loses his hand. It's just like, wow, all the coolness, and even the cool fucking voice, is gone, and they ruined Claw.
0: Yeah, they basically made him a douchey Wall Street (sighs) type, and I was not at all for that.
1: Nope. So... Penny goes to the hospital and we see John in like this full body cast and he's not doing well. The doctors are talking about stuff. And apparently Brenda is also a doctor there. Um, her, her field of expertise goes all over the place because she's at, <laughs> she's at a medical doctor stuff, but she was also apparently like a cybernetics and robotics uh, genius as well. I She
0: got, she got one of those all encompassing doctors
1: <laughs> yeah, doctorates exactly. or whatever. I didn't, I didn't know about that degree, but yeah. Uh, the mayor comes in, played by Sherry O'Terry from Saturday Night Live. Uh, we would all recognize her from that. And apparently this gadget program that Brenda and her dad were working on uh, is something that, you know, it's this government program that uh, that she wants Brenda to continue. And so they kind of decide that they'll use John, since he's pretty much going to die anyway. And so we get the song kind of as they're operating on him. It's all kind of ha, silly, wacky as they operate and, and create, quote unquote, Inspector Gadget. Um, I do like Quimby's line, uh, Chief Quimby, where he calls it, wow, Columbo and Nintendo all rolled into one. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but also, I didn't care for their dynamic. And we'll t- I guess yeah. we'll talk about that. Chief Quimby was vehemently against this because... Like, the introduction is the mayor feels like this program will create, you know, better cops and, um, you know, cops that don't have to pay for overtime because you basically own them. Uh, but then that gets into the whole humanity aspect and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There was way too much with RoboCop in this movie, and I don't want that with my in- Inspector Gadget. I don't want, like, the human aspect with – I mean, that's that's RoboCop. I want a silly fucking fun right. in- in- Inspector Gadget. But anyway – the, this whole them. dynamic
0: between Quimby and um, yeah. Gadget uh, made me wonder if they stole that idea and used it for Captain America, the first Avenger, because it's both of them are like, the guy who's running the project doesn't like the person who got selected mm-hmm. for the thing, and doesn't allow him to do his job properly, which we haven't really got to yet, but he doesn't yeah. allow Gadget to really do the big cases at first, and Gadget just True. has to kind of go off and do his own. So, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if the... Uh, writers of Captain America: The First Avenger were big fans of Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I really hope not. I hope not either. All right. So we see now, Golex with the
1: claw, this metal, and the claw looks fine. Yeah. But he just goes by Claw. Just call me Claw,
0: not Doctor Claw. Right. Fucking Doctor <laughs> Doctor Claw. <laughs> I didn't I go. Just, I didn't spend eight years in evil medical school <laughs> to be called exactly. Mister.
1: Um, and you know, his robotics and whatnot are helped out by his scientist Kramer played by Andy Dick. And I just, I I can't, I mean, I see Andy Dick in something and I'm just like, wow, I just see ridiculous Andy Dick. Yeah. But also I never, I, I, Andy Dick is such a goofy kind of guy. I never see him as like a, is a doctor scientist type. So it's kind of hard for me to get him in that role, but
0: whatever. I keep, I keep thinking of his role in old school. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, the, the, the penis or the, <laughs> the uh, sex the- sexpert or whatever yeah.
1: he was, yeah, uh, the blowjob expert, yeah. Uh, all right, so John wakes up. He's got all these weird things coming out of his hands, and he's obviously freaked out, you know, because he doesn't know what's going on. He can't remember anything. Uh, Brenda explains it all, and he's not really sure he likes it, but he's willing to go along with it. Claw tries to move this cyborg thing with his mind, but it doesn't work because we find out Brenda talks all about this chip that uh that john has that he can't work without it because that's the whole thing where he can control stuff with is this chip i didn't need that fucking shit either brenda then gives him his wardrobe which john says the gadget suit i've never heard it (laughs) called the gadget suit the suit doesn't do anything it's just a fucking suit it's not even a suit it's It's a a fucking coat (laughs) It's a coat. It's a fucking coat and a hat. And he calls it the gadgets. You're like, well, it doesn't have any gadgets. You have all the gadgets. <laughs> the only thing that might make it special is the top of it hat probably pops off when it has to do the fucking gadget copter, right. which they didn't even call it the gadget copter. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, and they do a little field testing time, which doesn't go so well. Ha ha. He squirts toothpaste all over her and they laugh about it. Yeah. I think that was that was probably a, uh, a innuendo for him wanting to <laughs> blow his load all over her is probably what they were doing. I don't know. God <laughs> oh, damn it! Jeez. All right, so John then because he's got to figure out how to work with all these gadgets goes to see a guru. The guru is played by Brian George, another great character actor. I know him as Babu Bot in Seinfeld, but he's been in plenty of things. Um, and we kind of see the mayor and Quimby and whatnot. And then, ha ha! He extends his arm, and we get a nutshot joke of the guru getting hit in the nuts. Yep. Grown, okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda. Brenda then presents the gadget mobile, which is like this. I mean, it's a cool car. Yeah, sure, but
0: it's not the gadget mobile. The gadget mobile is a van. Exactly. Like,
1: it, 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 it turns into, like, that DeLorean-looking thing. Yeah. Like, it looks super cool, and then they just give it, and it has the voice of D.L. Hughley, Hughley. Now, I don't, I only, and we'll talk about it, but I don't really remember the Gadgetmobile being, like, a, I'm sure it talked, it probably did. No,
0: I don't think it did. Okay, well, then I thought that was weird that they gave it a talking thing. Yeah, I kind of did, too. I mean, I like D.L. Hughley. Yeah. And he was He's, okay. I mean, it was a little over-the-top cringy. It was not the worst part of the movie, so.
1: <laughs> no, it was not. But I didn't care for when he first kind of comes to life the gadget mobile. Um, he then drives off uh, with John in there and he starts calling him out for liking Brenda. He's like, I can tell you liking Brenda uh, and whatnot. And it's like kind of showing flashes of things in Inspector Gadget's head of, uh-huh. you know, liking her and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we already know this. <laughs> It is, it's been so blatantly obvious. Why are you telling us this? Right. So, like, We understand all this. Are you? Are, what is the car going to do about it? Yeah, what's the car going to get? Does he actually have a crush and he's jealous of John for liking her? I don't know. It didn't make any fucking sense story-wise to point that out, which was already shown to us. It's telling us and showing us. It's shown us already, yeah. but it's telling us again. And it's like, okay, but whatever. Uh, the car stops by these two guys, obviously trying to break into this other car. And uh Gadget doesn't realize that at first, but then, you know, ha him and the Gadget Mobile have to go after them, and eventually they get him. They get the two guys who escaped from prison. And the claw sees a news report about it and recognizes uh Gadget as the guy that they blew up, um, realizing that he is the person who is in the, the Gadget program. Uh Penny talks to John before doing this whole big induction ceremony, because he's gonna be joined in to the police department as an inspector. And even she mentions the thing about Brenda and liking her. It's like, oh, it's that obvious, huh? It's like, yeah, it's of course it's that obvious. Um, at the event, he does this dance with Brenda right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Claw comes in, and Claw is acting really weird. Yeah. I didn't care for any of this, but he was like, apparently went to Harvard with Brenda and has this backstory of he was fat when he was at that time. Again, I didn't need any of that. Yeah. And it was very strange, and he offers her a job at Scolex Industries, and she's kind of excited about that. Um, she'd have all this, you know, opportunity and all this funding, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we then get a newspaper montage of these easy cases that you kind of already talked about, because Chief doesn't respect him, doesn't care for him, and so he does all these, like, get cats out of trees, you know, be a crossing guard, uh, shit like that. So he basically sees Inspector Gadget as a publicity stunt. Yeah. Um, uh, Claw and his team end up making an evil inspector gadget and part of me is like why like i don't need i don't want a evil gadget hell we barely even had inspector gadget do anything right why i, I don't want this evil version right now that seems like a second movie yes thing 100 it seems like a second movie thing go to like aka bill and ted's excellent adventure when you get the robot e- the evil s's <laughs> evil robot and then, usses. And then the robot usses, you know like it works But it doesn't work now because you have all these other kind of wacky characters from the cartoon that are henchmen use these other henchmen. But, alright. Anyway, but also I thought it was kind of strange because at this point in the movie Gadget is doing these simple things. He's not a nuisance to Claw at all. Right. Like, he is literally just being a fucking stop, you know, like a crossing guard. Why does Claw want to try and Tarnish his reputation. I don't get it, yeah. because he's out of the way. But whatever. Okay, sure. Meanwhile, though, gadget does kind of start. He wants to investigate, you know, the death of uh, Brenda's father, because that's kind of his motivating factor here. He promises to get, you know, uh, uh, to avenge the death of her father. Uh, she, he sees something on this like piece of, you know, metal, like a washer or whatever, that was left at the scene, and it had a little stamped S I on it. Uh, So, C, he thinks it's, okay, so it must be um, something, you know, Spanish-related for yes or something. He's just trying to get it figured out. And then Gadget and Penny notice as they're driving a big Scolex Industries with a big S and I. uh, And so that's their next, you know, that's their lead that they have to go on. And meanwhile, the fake Gadget is just causing havoc across the city, tarnishing Gadget's good name, I guess, (laughs) somehow, even though he's... Getting cats out of the yeah. tr- whatever gadget, uh, sir John. You know he doesn't really go by Inspector Gadget much. Um, he infiltrates Skolex Industries and he finds the stolen foot, which is the evidence that he needs to kind of tie them all together to the murder. While Brenda, you know, he talks to Brenda very quickly and says, "Hey, you got to get out of here." And so Brenda then goes to Sanford Skullex's office, and he s- and sees a robot of her that is a real ditzy like sex robot or something.
0: Yeah, it's clearly a sex robot
1: clearly a sex robot that came out of nowhere yeah. I, I guess the second he made the after he made the inspector gadget one he wanted to he had a thing for brenda and made his own sex robot so okay but because of this she kind of and the brenda or the brenda robot robo brenda as it goes by mentions the foot that mm-hmm claw has and then Brenda puts it together all while kind of gadget is trying to reach the reach it but he ends up bumbling it up and getting captured It
0: really just seemed like an excuse to get Jolie Fisher into some skimpy clothes and yeah put that on screen it really played no bearing at all in the story
1: absolutely it really goes nowhere I mean the you could have had any other way for Brenda to figure out or find the foot uh, and and tie it together, or in or Inspector Gadget comes out with the foot. See, I found it. Yeah. Or you know, It, it,
0: it literally seems like some executive is like, "Well, we got to have something sexy for the fathers who had taken <laughs> their kids to see this movie." Do you? <laughs> yeah. Do you really need to have something sexy in this movie for kids? Nope. Nope. There's a a lot of stuff that they should,
1: could, and should have cut out. So Claw, he captured Gadget, and you know he's kind of got him on like this operating table kind of thing. Um, and there's this ha-ha kind of cute line. I don't know what you're up to, Skolex, but you'll never get away with it.
0: <laughs> oh, how cliche, Inspector. <clears throat> I think somebody's been watching too many Saturday morning cartoons.
1: Hmm. Huh. And a little fourth wall break while they turn to the camera and looking at us as the audience, who obviously this was a famous Saturday morning cartoon. ha mm-hmm. huh. Ha! Claw uh, <laughs> wants to use. He explains his whole dastardly plan, uh, as evil villains do. He wants to use this technology, um, you know, to sell as weapons, you know, weapon robots, robot weapons across the world, and of course he'll make a shit ton of money. But he has to also decommission gadget and get rid of him to secure the technology as only his. So cool. And he takes the chip from gadget which you know pretty much runs everything so gadget is now you know inoperable and he's just worthless and so they put they put him into the junkyard um all we kind of cut back to see evil gadget is continuing to destroy the city just being awful <laughs> i i hated the tokyo godzilla reference stuff i didn't think it was funny yeah. and matthew brodick's performance as evil gadget made me cringe real hard
0: how about those uh shiny fucking teeth Oh yeah,
1: yeah. They, I mean, they did that. That was like a a way to tell the difference between the two because right. the audience needed something, and it was this big, like fucking chopper yeah. that they <laughs> that they put on, like the yeah, their big white pearly white fake teeth. Um, and he would, like he he
0: tap them all the time and stuff. Honestly, it made me think of uh, Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. From, uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Penny,
1: the Gadgetmobile, and Brenda track... John to the junkyard and of course are sad because he's basically dead but then with the power of a kiss from Brenda he doesn't need the chip apparently
0: and he comes back to life I mean it is my understanding he's not a robot he's just cybernetic right he's still part living so taking the chip shouldn't kill him right it just deactivates his stuff well, yeah, you're right. It, ju-
1: it should just deactivate itself because I think it was that chip is what helps his brain control everything. Right. So he can't move without it or whatnot. Right. Okay. But then but then, all of a sudden with the power of love, John, he can.
0: Love will do anything. God. Except for- uh, Include ruined movies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't ruin this one. This was not like a good movie from the start. <laughs> yeah. By now, I knew this was- uh, It didn't do anything of- to
0: hurt this movie's uh, chances of- <laughs> getting a good hard to get lower I'll say (laughs) Uh,
1: so of course they uh, head after claw um, which there's of course like a chase scene uh, while the gadgets battle Brenda goes to get claw at his office while the two gadgets are kind of left on a bridge to battle Penny who they dropped off at one point arrives there uh, with brain to try and help and she ends up confronting Sykes who's this sidekick guy he was kind of like the limo driver slash you know henchman for claw And he's trying to flush the evidence currently. We cut to the two gadgets having their fight scene on this bridge. And I fucking hated this scene. (laughs) Like, it just, it did not work for me. Because one, I hadn't had enough time to really give a fuck about the real gadget. And so now there's this evil gadget. But also, it just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It, It just didn't work at all. And of course, the real gadget eventually wins. Pops off the head of the other gadget. And then, John, the most famous gadget tool, or one of, he says, go, go, gadget chopper. <laughs> go, go, gadget chopper. And I wanted to fucking punch the TV. <laughs> it's go, go, gadget copter. It's a gadget copter, not a gadget chopper. Go, go, gadget copter. <laughs> I, I, how do they fuck that up? I don't know. I don't know because he's flying out to go help Brenda, because he knows she's in trouble. So he has to have this face-off with Claw, who's in a helicopter, and so there's this whole helicopter kind of battle thing where Gadget gets stuck onto their helicopter, and he, of course, ends up stopping the helicopter miraculously because of something... He reiterates a mantra that that the guru said to him one fucking time that was really just a nutshot joke, and then he shoots like a pen... That ends up stopping the helicopter, and I just fucking hated this goddamn movie. Obviously, um, but he saves them as they fall. He's trying to find the right Go Go gadget to to help them with, and it's the umbrella. Okay, that wouldn't have stopped their fall. They would have fucking died. But it's a, it's a kid movie. I get that, sure. So he saved the day. Uh, he and Brenda kiss, and Claw ends up falling, and he's caught by the gadget mobile. Gives the gadget mobile something to do. Sykes. Who had this whole conversation with Penny now no longer wants to be a minion and he admits to everything. So he'll be kind of the key witness to put Skolex into jail. And now, because of all this, Chief finally wowza gives the uh, respect to Gadget and. Yay, I'm I'm sure that they were hoping for a sequel on this one Um, that wasn't straight to video, but (laughs) the music swells as Brenda and Gadget are together and fireworks explode. Yay, it's the happy ending, and we get the go-go Gadget song, but then we cut to some little uh, credit scenes where we get a stupid robo-Brenda jazzercise (laughs) gag. Yeah, Didn't need it, cut it completely, and then the next one was probably my favorite scene in the entire fucking movie, I'm not going to lie. It was the one with all the cameos.
0: I didn't see it because I cut off the movie by then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Sykes is doing a, he goes to a minion recovery group. He's like, I'm, you know, I've been two months without being a minion and it cuts to the crowd and you get a different kind of sidekicks. You get Mr. T. Jaws, both it was both the actual Mr. T and the actual was it Richard Keel? Richard Keel, yeah. The guy who played Jaws. But then you get other kind of like look-alike guys where there's an odd job, a Kato in <laughs> uh Igor, uh Tattoo from Fantasy Island, <laughs> Tonto, as well as like some others. That was funny. I was like, okay, I like this. And then you get one last um little additional credit credit scene where Penny is talking to Brain on like a well, it's an Apple Watch now, but it's basically <laughs> Basically, what they use in the cartoon to talk to each other. Um, And Brain is voiced by Don Adams. This
0: is the coolest watch. It's a radio, computer, even a phone. Testing, testing. Brain, say something. Come in, over.
1: Brain is not here. Please leave a message at the sound of the wolf. Wolf. Of course, the original voice of Inspector Mm Gadget. I'll let you start off, John. All right cuz you cut off the movie first so you didn't see those last bits. Well, Let me know your well, thoughts. Well, I was
0: also I, I was also in a rush to watch to move to watch the cartoon cuz I had a limited amount of TV time. Uh, I needed to get everything done in. D- did you show this to your kids as I well? I did. And I'm going to start by saying this. This movie fucking sucked. <laughs> fucking sucked. Holy shit, it bored my children away. Within the first fifteen <laughs> minutes, both of my children were like, "I'm out, I'm done." Yeah, and I was forced to watch the rest of it by myself. <laughs> Fucking Wilhelm, Stephen Wilhelm. <laughs> Wilhelm. <laughs> oh my god, this movie. This is I. If this is not the worst movie we've watched, it is top three, the worst movie we movies we've watched for this podcast. I could not stand any part of this. I didn't like that they gave Gadget a name. I didn't like that they didn't do right by Dr. Claw. I didn't like anything about this movie. And I'm almost glad that I cut it off before the one scene so that I can say that there's no part of this movie that I saw (laughs) that I actually enjoyed. None Uh, of it. Absolute fucking zero. That's all I got to say.
1: Complete and utter shit. I understand this movie is meant for kids, but it treats the viewers like fucking morons. You know, bashing us over the head that Gadget likes Brenda. Yeah, we got that. That was obvious. Th- I, they could do a better version now, and this gets me excited for uh, a reboot. I think, you know, this... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's needed, but I do think it can be done, of course, better than this one. I wholeheartedly agree with you. This is like a bottom... This is the bottom five that we've ever watched. Yeah. Um, I think I recently said... Incredible Mr. Limpet was my least favorite movie. It's hard to say which one, you know. And I would absolutely probably watch Baby Secret of the Last Le- Secret of the Lost Legend over this one again if I absolutely had to. This is yeah, this is a bottom three uh, worst of all time that we've ever 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 seen. Um, cut that intro story. I don't want the fucking cut. Cut it all. I don't want his backstory. I also don't want the romance. At all. I don't need Inspector Gadget to have a girlfriend and to have this whole romantic storyline. God damn it, that's so stupid. Get Penny and Brain more involved because it's because it's Disney. They're like, well, we can't put children in dangerous situations. And I'm like, man, fuck that. Penny and Brain are like, the, the they're the, the <laughs> intelligence behind right. a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Get them in here. Um, and then, yeah, you did Claw so dirty. Get Dr. Claw the right way. Don't show his fucking face. Keep yeah, him a mystery. Throughout,
0: uh, it, throughout the whole movie. I don't need to fucking see who he is. I just need the voice yep. and the hand and maybe that stupid cat. And that's it. They kept the cat. So ultimately this just made me feel so bad
1: for the big inspector gadget fans that when they were finally getting their first live action movies, went and saw this piece of fucking garbage and I feel sorry for them because this is this is
0: god-awful. I mean, at the time, I I would have rather had a big two hour animated movie. Oh, yeah. Make out of, uh, you know, you bring back all the original uh, voice actors who I believe were still alive at the time. Show me that. Mm -hmm. That movie would have done better. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, all right. Let's uh,
0: douse this dumpster fire
1: and let's move on to the cartoon. All right, Inspector Gadget, the TV show, the actual thing that John and I watched when we were kids. This show ran from 1983 to 1986. Uh, It was a syndicated show, uh, two seasons, 86 episodes, and it actually remained in syndication until the late 90s. Yeah, it was on forever. Yep. Yeah, it was on forever. Um, Let's actually just start off. I remember this being a staple of the Spees household.
0: If you listen to our top 10 Nick shows, even though this wasn't a Nickelodeon show, we watched it on Nickelodeon because it came on every night at 7 o'clock at Nickelodeon and like once or twice a week, uh, our mom would let us kind of sit in what we called like the game room or the kid room that we had in our house and we could yeah. eat dinner, which was often Taco Bell. For some reason, I have a very distinct <laughs> memory of sitting at this little table that I still have yeah. um, that our dad made. Sitting at that table eating Taco Bell and watching Nickelodeon, usually culminating in Inspector Gadget at I believe like seven o'clock or eight o'clock, something like that. I believe it was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. I just now I'm just now I'm nostalgic for Taco Bell. Damn it, <laughs> God, I love me some Taco Bell. Um, but yeah, this show was one of one of the few,
1: and well, one of the shows that I felt you, me, and our sister all enjoyed. Yes. We would watch it together, or if we watch it on our own, it doesn't matter because we all liked Inspector. Well, Kidding.
0: I think it had something for everyone in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, you had this; it had a lot of comedy with this bumbling main character, and for and gender being what it is this time, it's not seen upon as this. But for us, for the boys, it had these cool gadgets, hence the name, mm-hmm. the cool looking cars. For girls, it had Penny who was obviously the smartest and most capable yeah. person in this whole thing. really <laughs> the real inspector in all of this. Mm-hmm. And so it had ever you know something for everyone to enjoy and look up to, and I think that's why it, it spoke to all all people. Yeah, I think well said. Uh, the show was
1: created by Gene Shalopin, Andy Hayward, and Bruno uh, Bianchi. Uh, Gene Shalopin, Shalopin uh, also worked on Heathcliff, he was actually the creator of not the Heathcliff, because that came from a comic book mm-hmm. or a, a comic strip. Right. But there was the, it was Heathcliff and the Cad- Cadillac Cats. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, I remember that. He created the Cadillac Cats. Mm. Um, he also worked on King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, Rainbow Bright, Zoobly Zoo, which is actually a show I would love to get to. I I don't point. remember
0: the show, but I definitely remember the theme song.
1: Everyone up. I, I, that's all. I, I just about. remember <laughs> Zoobly Zoo. <laughs> Zoobly Zoo. Yeah. Uh, and then Dinosaurs also worked on that, which is actually one I think we might be getting to fairly yep. soon, and plenty of other stuff. And uh, Bruno Bianchi also worked on Heathcliff Mask, Jason the Wheeled Warriors, Rainbow Bright, other stuff like that. Uh, the cast, Inspector Gadget, was voiced by Don Adams. Super appropriate, because Don Adams is probably very much best known as Maxwell Smart mm-hmm. on Get Smart. Yep. Classic, Another show classic that TV I show.
0: loved watching that yep. show on at Night loved
1: it, and there's quite a bit of similarities actually we'll probably think i'll talk about them in a little Mm -hmm. bit but um also uh don adams voiced tennessee tuxedo uh which is you would probably recognize the character of tennessee tennessee tuxedo and he had like a partner that looked like a like a walrus i think it was or something like that um but it's a penguin and a walrus and it's a kind of a classic 60s cartoon i have to look
0: up to see if i remember yeah
1: i i saw i looked at it and i was just like oh okay i have a flash of seeing that cartoon at some point i wouldn't say it was a staple but it was definitely definitely a memory okay. somewhere i'm, lo- I'm
0: looking day. at the picture
1: i definitely think yeah.
0: i've seen this picture before i don't know if i've actually seen the cartoon though
1: Okay, but yeah, you've probably seen the characters. Both Brain and Dr. Claw and probably a bunch of other characters (laughs) were voiced by the amazing Frank Welkers in the house. Frankie! Frankie Welks is back, and everybody knows him as Fred from Scooby-Doo and a bajillion million things. Uh, Penny is voiced by Cree Summer. We've talked about her. She was a voice on Tiny Toon Adventures. Uh, she was on a different world. She's a voice in Mummies Alive, Batman Beyond, Rugrats, Drawn Together. She's foxy love mm-hmm. and drawn together. Bunch of stuff. Though Penny in season two was uh, replaced uh, and they used this girl, Holly Berger, and she wasn't really in anything mm. else. So uh, Chief Quimby was done by Dan Hennessy. He was also did a voice on Jason the Weald Warriors, Dinosaurs, Care Bears, and there was a, I think it was a PBS show, maybe it was a Nickelodeon show called Little Bear. I think he was the father bear in that show. Um, but then in season two, he was also replaced and replaced by Maurice LaMarche. Yes. Who? Yes. Fantastic. Yep. Who, who voiced? Brain in Pinky in the Brain, (laughs) but um, Maurice LaMarche actually I think like part of his not his shtick, but he he can do impressions really really well. We talked about him quite a bit with uh, the critic, but he I feel like he's brought on to replace other people. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of he can imitate their voices, whatever it is, he can kind of continue that. Him
0: and Jim Cummings both have made a career out of kind of replacing iconic uh, actors. You know, whose Mm -hmm. voices you know need to be the same. Um, Jim Cummings mm-hmm. I mean, very very famously took over Winnie the Pooh and Tigger yeah. Um, yeah. when uh, the originals uh, either passed away or just stopped working on the projects. So. Uh,
1: and a couple other notable names who uh, did like a voice on at least one episode, Townsend Coleman, Don Knotts, and also Don Franks, who you would probably recognize as... Uh, Don Franks did quite a bit of voices on this show, actually, but he was the voice of Sabretooth in the X-Men The Animated Show. Oh, okay. So, love yeah. that. And also... He he was the he did the voice for Doctor Claw on a couple episodes, oh. um, and uh, he's also Cree Summers, Cree Summers' father. Oh, okay, so, kind of in the in the family, so kind of nice. cool. The bad guy organization was called Mad, which apparently stood for Mean and Dirty, <laughs> what I saw. Um, and it's probably an homage to kind of like the James Bond Spectre. Other stuff like that, you know, they just have these bad groups that have all this stuff. And you can absolutely say Doctor Claw is based on Blofeld from the James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's got a cat. He's kind of a like guy got this mysterious look to him, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did I watched uh, two episodes? One of them actually being the pilot because I saw uh, I had read that in the pilot he had a
0: mustache, so I wanted to see. Oh, that. I did not watch the pilot. I think I just watched a random episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the cartoon yep. is on Tubi currently. Oh, it is? I
1: didn't even... I didn't notice that it was yeah, on Tubi. it's
0: on Tubi. I don't know if, if all of the episodes are on there, because I think I just grabbed the first one that I saw. So I don't know if all okay. the episodes are on there. But some of them are, at least.
1: Yep. I saw... I thought I saw... At least Just Watch, the app told me that it was on Paramount+. Plus, um, But I saw it on YouTube. Like, every episode is on YouTube in uh, its entirety. Okay. So it's good, easy, easy to find. Um, but yeah, so in that pilot, he had a mustache, but... Uh, MGM suggested that the character take... Uh, he looked a bit too much like their own bumbling detective, Inspector Clouseau.
0: I was just saying, that, that makes it, to me, seem like it's the Pink Panther. Yeah, and so
1: they had him... had the, the uh, mustache removed to avoid any kind of controversy or infringement. Mm. And we got the look that we know. And so, other kind of regular great stuff with the film, that Gadgetmobile, we talked about it a little bit with the show, or with the uh, movie. To me, it looked very DeLorean-esque, um, which is just it's super cool looking when it transforms into like that police like speeder car. It looks great. Yeah. So, and then also something that they, we already mentioned, they did not utilize in the movie at all. The mystery of Dr. Claw and that his face was never shown on TV mm-hmm. throughout the entire run. They never showed his face, but people can find out his face. What? Yeah. There is um, a toy line that was released in 1992 that included Dr. Claw. And it had his face, but John, in the box, it had a big old sticker to see his face. So you had to buy the uh, the toy and remove the sticker to actually see the face. And if you go online and look at the toy, the face, I'm like, that's what you chose. God, I'm glad you never showed that face.
0: I'm I'm gonna go on record as saying that's not canon. <laughs> okay, not you canon. are
1: you are the official Inspector Gadget canon decider.
0: I I absolutely am right now. Yeah. Especially if it was like 92 cuz that's well after the end of the cartoon, so. It was. If it didn't happen in the cartoon, it didn't happen.
1: Okay. All right, fine, fair enough. And one thing that was actually pretty interesting with the show, this was the first animated series to pe- to be presented in stereo sound. And so it actually hmm. utilized a left right where a lot of other cartoons uh, earlier were just a mono out. Yeah. So uh, that's soon, cool. so that was very cool,
0: you know. I am looking at that action figure and <laughs> that is definitely a face they chose to go with. It's awful, isn't it? It's absolutely. It's I. I can't. I, I can't, I can't even, imagine I can't that voice it.
1: coming from that face. It doesn't. fit. No, does I can't. Not fit.
0: I can't imagine any voice coming from that
1: face. Which, speaking of that awesome Doctor Claw voice, John, you gotta do us an impression.
0: Uh, okay. So it's my like my one party trick that doesn't amount <laughs> to any parties. <clears throat> I'll get you next time, gadget. Next
1: time. That's quite good. That is. That is a good. Yeah, that Frank Welker. I'm no Frankie
0: Welks, but uh, that's that's solid though. That is quite solid. I can get away with that one. Yeah,
1: Um, and so kind of speaking of the sound uh, and overall music, we gotta talk that awesome theme song. is just a classic song that gets stuck in my head. It's been stuck in my head since I rewatched the cartoon <laughs> yesterday. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's it's catchy. It's fun. Uh, it's easy to sing along to because there's no real words other than just do to do to do Inspector Gadget. <laughs> 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 but uh, it, it's man, that's that to me. It's the sign of a good theme song. If it's it's short enough, it's catchy. You could sing the whole thing right now. It wouldn't take you more than mm. like. I don't know 30 40 seconds to sing the whole thing and it it feels you with joy cuz you're hyped up for it. oh here it comes here you know Inspector Gadget's coming on I'm going to laugh I'm going to enjoy myself I'm going to see some kookiness and stuff mm-hmm. oh it just fills me with joy which is why I was so fucking hopeful when the movie started yeah and then immediately bombed Whew. yeah straight after and and it
1: they they gave us what we wanted you're right right after they or they gave us what we wanted and then it just was downhill. Yep, downhill. So that theme song was done by Levy and Saban. We've talked about them before. They do legends in the cartoon theme songs, and apparently they were inspired by Edward Grieg's in the Hall of the Mountain King. Huh?
0: So I mean, in the Hall of the Mountain King is bum 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 bum. So I can say they just kind of sped it up. Bump it up, it up. Bum 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 bum. Yeah, right. I can see that. Yeah, so, all right.
1: Uh, there was a sequel series to this show that came out in 2015. That lasted for four seasons, 52 episodes. I never watched it. I, if
0: it comes out 20
1: years later, is it really a sequel? <laughs> and that's what I it said. It said sequel series. I'm like surprised it wasn't like a reboot series, but okay. What was it called? It was called. I think. I think it was just called Gadget, or maybe it was Inspector Gadget. I okay. can't remember. Yeah, it's called Inspector Gadget. Oh, a Canadian CGI animated TV show. So it may not have come. I was on Boomerang. So yeah, it was not you hit the US. Okay. So if it's CGI, though, I don't know if I can get used to that look. I'm so I'm so used to like the 2D look. And honestly, even re-watching it, it's not the most amazing animation. But I still think it was actually pretty damn solid animation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just fine.
1: Yeah, it, it held up pretty well. I had no problems with it. I don't think I could imagine him seeing him in a 3D space, if that's how they do it with the (laughs) more recent one. So, yeah. And a whole bunch of little kind of regular gags with this show. Chief Quimby kind of being in, like, awkward, like a safe or awkward little positions where he had to give the assignments to uh, Gadget, and then Gadget would take the assignment and throw it back at him, and it would always explode. So, ha, ha, ha. Um, And that's actually kind of reminiscent, again, of Get Smart, because there would be times when I think the uh someone in in there would be kind of communicating with Maxwell smart smart from weird. weird locations yeah yep and you already mentioned but yes penny and brain but very much penny being the most the most intelligent and capable uh of the group and gadget even though you know he had his his gadgets and he would always be able to like you know get it done he was kind of the doofus kind of a clumsy kind of guy at times um so it was kind of interesting having that dynamic and then, yeah, like the whole stuff with Dr. Claw's face, sometimes they would kind of make you feel like you're about to see Dr. Claw's face at the end or something, and then mm. they'd never show it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And then I love, you know, you love the go-go gadget whatever. He would just have whatever he needs, you know, it would just pop out of some orifice or <laughs> something, and he would go do his thing. But, uh, yeah, I- I'm going to go ahead and start off. Do you have anything else you wanted to mention about the cartoon Inspector Gadget? Uh, not anything else specifically. Did so your kids couldn't handle the movie, and I completely understand them. Had they seen the show at all?
0: I don't think so. They didn't stick around when I watched the cartoon, and I didn't ask them to because by that by that time they were like engrossed in whatever it was they were doing. So okay, you know. so that, um, the, sh- the shame w- was
1: having them see the movie first. Yes, yeah, that
0: absolutely was. They were very much aware of who Inspector Gadget is, so they've come across Inspector Gadget before. I don't know. From what, or if it's just pop culture or something, so they know who he is. I, also, it's possible that um, uh, one of their favorite things to do, and this was just a few years ago, and I've mentioned it before, but it bears mentioning for this, uh, it was before you know bed. They at night we'd have them take their shower or something before they go to bed. Is they liked watching cartoon openings, like we would watch YouTube videos of just cartoon remember, openings yeah. from the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. And this was obviously one that came up a lot. So yeah. they were very much aware of, of who the character is. I don't know. Um, I bet I could sit them down and they might enjoy the show. It's hard to say.
1: All right. Uh well I'll go through my Oh, I'm just looking at the animation from the Expector Gadget 2015. Yeah, it's this full CGI 3D thing. Nope. Nope.com. Yeah, yep. <laughs> nope.com. I have massive respect for this show. And I enjoyed watching it enough, I would say. I mean, it is mm-hmm. a kids' show through and through. But, uh, so I'm not likely to go back and re-watch this unless there's a kid who wants to watch it. And, of course, I wouldn't have any problems with it on there. Mm-hmm. Or if I wanted to try and introduce it to a kid. I, myself, am probably not going to go back and re-watch Inspector Gadget. But massive respect for this show. I, I definitely remember I'm very nostalgic for it. I remember enjoying it as a kid. And I still liked it enough now. And I just f- just made me feel even worse how dirty they did him. Uh, on the mm-hmm. movie, and so that just that just pains me, but it's a classic, and it's a classic for a fucking reason. I really like me some Inspector Gadget.
0: Largely, I had the exact same reaction. This, mo- or this movie, uh, this show will forever be etched in my nostalgia as one of the things that we all watch together, as, or at least as, as siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure mom didn't care <laughs> about watching this show at all. <laughs> and my love for this character after I watched the first episode, I was like, you know what? It's not hitting me as much this time because I'm like, it's definitely for kids and I'm not going to get as much out of it. So I'm going to stop here because I'm not going to sully the Mm -hmm. memory of this show that I found to be one of my favorites, uh, when I was very little. So, uh, again, with you, same as you mad respect for the show. Love it. We'll always praise it. And we'll always, uh, you know, sing it's, it's Harold's, but I probably don't need to watch this unless my kids ask me to watch it with them. And then I will absolutely do that. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. This episode of the blast from our past podcast is not brought to you by Claw's going to blow up the police station. Go, go, Gadget Skates! Look out! Jump! Go, go, Gadget Legs! Wowzers! Go, go, Gadget made it in time! Take this, Gadget. It's a bomb! I'll handle this. You saved the police station, Uncle Gadget. Thanks, Granny. Collect all the Inspector Gadgets and friends, each sold separately, new from Tiger. I'll get you next time, Gadget. All right. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for our recasting of Inspector Gadget, but there's there's uh, real potential, okay? You know there's yes,, yeah. there's real real potential. And there was a little bit of a miscommunication on my part with uh, with Adam in that I had initially put some names on for the casting, but I hadn't finished it, and I hadn't I hadn't uh, intended for that to be the whole list. i had I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna have to watch the movie to get the other characters. Uh, to do this, because I didn't know if in my head I was like, I don't know if we can really recast the cartoon because there's really just like the four characters that are re- reprising that we can do for the cartoon. Um, so I added other characters later, but Adam didn't get that, so he only did uh, four of the characters, and I ended up doing seven.
1: Yeah, three, uh, three eight. from you had eight. Oh, uh, so, I, I deleted one of them. Oh, you okay? Okay, oh, sorry, sorry. Which one did you delete? The mayor. The mayor. Okay, so yeah, so you did Brenda, Kramer, and Sykes. Yes. um, And even though you'd kind of very quickly, I could have quickly thrown something together, but out of protest for how (laughs) shitty that fucking movie is, I stand by my statement. I don't want to recast that movie, John. I need an entire brand new Inspector Gadget franchise without any thought or similar characters from that other than the most important ones. So I vehemently against... Casting a Brenda, Kramer, and Sykes, but go ahead and <laughs> let us know your, your, okay. what you Well, did.
0: I'm just going to and throw my names out for those three characters. Okay. If in some sort of weird parallel universe they were going to recast that specific movie, mm-hmm. um, these are the people that I would recast in those. So for Sykes, who was just kind of like the driver and, and yeah. stuff like that, um, my wife and I started watching this show. Just recently called Our Flag Means Death, and it's on, I can't remember what this is, on HBO or something like that. Um, I think it's a Taika Waititi show. He's not on it, but he's directing it, and you put it together. And it's kind of a, a, a pirate show. Uh, it stars um, Reese, uh, Reese Darby. Okay. Reese Darby, who, uh, if, if you saw the the Jumanji movie, the two seven, 2017 Jumanji movie, yeah. he's, he plays Nigel.
1: The oh, the, okay. the
0: character who was like, "Welcome to Jumanji." Yeah, that guy.
1: I liked him. He's funny.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a great uh, character actor. He plays basically the lead in this. Okay. But there's another guy on this show that I'm really kind of enjoying. It's a little quirky, and it's taken a little while for me to get into that particular show. But there's one actor that I'm liking. His name is Samson K-O, Kayo, K A Y O, um, and he seems like he would be a pretty good Sykes, a good uh, henchman.
1: Cool. I'm looking it up. I have not seen the stuff that he's on, but I'll. Allow it if you need to have a Sykes, John. <laughs> okay. Sure.
0: I think he's a, I think he's British. he's a British uh, actor.
1: Yeah, it looks like it from some of his other yep. stuff that he's been working on.
0: All right. Uh, for Kramer, who is the kind of bumbling esque uh, so, scientist, yeah. the Andy Dick character, um, I went with an actor who is actually also British and uh, is playing, played kind of a, a bumbling sidekick character and it takes kind of a dark turn oh i can't oh shit i can't say that um because you have not watched season two of ted lasso yet have you oh i have not oh okay. no oh shit <laughs> uh i cannot say i won't say anymore uh but i went with the actor nick muhammad uh who plays uh, oh. nate the great nathan
1: Whoa, I am so curious now. You've maybe made it uh, more uh, curious. I did I... not
0: mean to do that to you, Adam. I am so sorry. Because oh, everyone else I know has watched all of, of both I know, seasons, I, I including, just... uh, including our mother and stepdad who watched both seasons while they were here at my house.
1: And that's the thing is I, I see it when I was at your house, but then I, I'm no longer at your house and I don't have Apple Plus, but I need to just get Apple Plus. <laughs> I need to do it.
0: Just, just, get, just get the free trial and burn yeah, yeah, through yeah, the I second think. season real quick.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to start it from the top because I want Keisha to watch it, but now she's about to take this massive trip for three weeks, and I won't see her, (laughs) and what am I going to (laughs) do? All right. Okay. I like like him from what I have seen, and so um, I am very cool with that. Very, very cool with that.
0: Okay. And then for Brenda, I went with an actress who actually is most famous for commercials that she's in. Um, But I've seen some of her other stuff, her shows and some of her web series stuff that I think is very funny. And I think uh, she's an underrated actress who needs to get more big screen time. Um, I don't know if this is really where I want to see her, but I, I use her. Her name is uh, Milana Vintrub. I knew exactly. The second you're going best for
1: commercials, I was like, oh, it's going to be Squirrel Girl. Yep. The girl who I think was supposed to be cast as Squirrel Girl, but they are not doing that or something, unfortunately. Yeah, it
0: was like, from what I remember, it was like it was supposed to originally be live-action score Girl, and then it was going to be an animated Squirrel Girl, and then none of that happened. Yeah. Um, I mean... It's, she would have been perfect. She would have been perfect. Apparently, the show is done. It just hasn't been released. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That's funny. So maybe maybe they don't like what happened, and they're just not going to release it. Which, you know what? If it's a real shit product, I, uh, I understand. Don't release it. We don't need it. Yeah. But give her... Not. I'd give her a chance, because I think, I think she could really do a... I don't know how in the hell you would incorporate a Squirrel Girl into the MCU, but...
1: Squirrel Girl whatever. beat
0: Doctor Doom one time. Like, isn't
1: that fucking insane?
0: <laughs> she beat, she beat uh, Thanos.
1: Yeah, like they they let Squirrel Girl like yeah beat these massive people, and it really undermines you know that stuff. But it's I guess it's
0: silly or whatever. I don't know. What you, well, you know, with the with the implement of the multiverse, anything is possible. True. So, True. all right, and that leaves us with our four uh, big uh, characters, which are Inspector Gadget, Penny, Doctor Claw, and Chief Quimby. So. Can I can I throw out one thing? Oh sure. I got an, I got an obvious casting.
1: Okay. If we're going to if we're going to do a brain, just bring back Frankie Welks to voice the dog a little bit. Oh yeah. And just make the dog sounds, sure. Now yeah. granted, just have an actual I don't know. I don't know how I'd want it to be done though cuz dog was very animated and talked to you know like not like talk-talked but to like Penny and
0: stuff. You know what? I mean even <laughs> even in today's thing, they might actually just animate the dog.
1: Yeah, they might just animate. CG- exactly. Bring, it. bring a legit dog in and kind of animate it, but I don't know. I don't know. But if you're going to have to have a voice with something, use use Frankie Walker. I mean, they
0: probably they do that anyway, because if they need a specific sound in- for an animal yeah. to make a specific sound, they will just use an actor. Absolutely True. bring back Frank Walker. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's start with uh, Chief Quimby. Adam, do you have like an idea of what your Inspector Gadget movie would be? Or you just you, you have actors that I think would fulfill whatever you needed. I have actors
1: who who, who who could fulfill whatever but it's going to be a comedy. You got to mm-hmm. you got to have comedy. It wouldn't be as stupid farcical as, you know, the Matthew Broderick one because the people who care about Inspector Gadget are our age. Mm-hmm. And so you got to still appeal to us. Now I don't want like this intense HBO drama like True Detective or The Wire <laughs> with Inspector Gadget. <laughs> you
0: no, know, that's stupid. Dark version of Inspector Gadget.
1: No, yeah, that's just ridiculous. It still has to be kind of like a silly comedy, um, and so it's definitely it's got to be light-hearted. But you don't have to completely pander to kids. So, yeah, but it, there's got to be there's got to be funny elements to it. So,
0: uh, all right, well then, who is your Chief Quinby?
1: I uh, thought about. It. I mean, a lot of people I think could do pretty well in this role. Um, but Quinby also has a very good mustache. And so I also went with a comedic actor who has a great mustache, and I think he could absolutely play a chief very well. I went with Nick Offerman as my chief Quimby.
0: That's a great call. I like yeah. that. Okay. I, that's, a, that's a solid chief Quimby. That'd be a lot mm-hmm. of fun to see. Yeah. I think he works. I actually s- uh, switched mine up a little bit, and I went with an actress for my okay. chief Quimby. um you keep the mustache? I do. <laughs> uh, mm, I mean, I... She could pull it off, I'm sure. Uh, she can do anything. I went with someone who's kind of played a leadership role like this, like Chief Quimby before, um, just in, in, a, in a fairly recent movie over like the last five years. But I think it'd be really fun to see her in something like this that was really supposed to be comedic. I went with Glenn Close. Dude! I don't know what it was. The second you said you went with a female,
1: my my brain went immediately to Glenn Close. I was like, you know what? If he picks a female, I, when you
0: said that, I was like, Glenn Close works. And that was the first one that worked in my head. I think it's great. <laughs> she had kind of a similar thing in Guardians of the Galaxy where she's and she yeah. was funny in that too. Uh I just think it would be really fun to see her as like the police chief. I think she'd I think she'd knock it out of the park.
1: Ab- absolutely. Really like that casting.
0: Uh all right. Dr. Claw. I'll be honest. This was the toughest one. Yeah. And I'm not even 100% sold on needing a named actor to be doing this. I almost just need Frankie Welk's voice again and a body yeah. double to be doing the arm.
1: And I think that's probably the route that I would be happiest with. Because I ultimately, I went with a guy with a great voice, but I don't want to see the face. I don't want to see anything. I just want the arm and the cat.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, I think what I did was I kind of recast the movie character uh, for this okay. actor. Because if I, if I'm being true to myself, I don't need a named actor. I just need the voice. And if you can't get freaky Welks to do a game, maybe, you know maybe it hurts his voice to do Doctor again. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But you need you'd need like a Kevin Michael Richardson or somebody somebody who's really good with the voice to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what if. If the if uh, the new Star Wars stuff, the Mandalorian and uh, B- B- the Bo- book of Boba Fett has taught us nothing, is that the characters that are in cartoons that you're attached to can absolutely live in yep. the movie world because we we got the same voice actor for uh, Cad Bane mm-hmm. that was in the thing. Um, I believe when both Adam and I don't really care for this movie, but in Solo, when you spoiler alert. Uh, see Darth Maul. They brought back the same voice actor who did the yep. voice in in the Phantom Menace. Yep. You know that that aural trigger is really important for and, I think for for hitting the nostalgia, and I think they're they're smart about that.
1: And um, oh, who is that? The female who's in Battlestar Galactica. Uh,
0: oh, um, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff.
1: She she did the voice of the Mandalorian female in. The Clone Wars and Rebels, and then they just hired her to play that same character right. in Book of, oh, not Book of Boba for The Mandalorian though. So. Right.
0: Yeah. So they they're smart, and and if and if you really want to hit and hit you know people in the feels, that's that's what they would do with Doctor Claus. They would just have Frank do it yep. again. Um, but I kind of recast the movie version because I was like, all right, well, I got to cast an actor. Uh, so if they were doing the movie again, which hopefully they weren't. Uh, I went with Ty Burrell. Oh, interesting. He would be a perfect
1: wacky guy like how Rupert Everett played it. If you were casting that, Ty Burrell works really well.
0: Yeah. Um, I think if they did a menacing version of that, I think Ty Burrell would work pretty well. He kind of like, he's kind of got like the almost sunken eye look in him. I think he could have a really good menacing, uh, look to him. But yeah, if, I mean, if I'm just being, if I want to be really, really true to Dr. Claw, we can't see his face throughout the whole movie ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it's it, the voice is more important than the face.
1: Yeah, fair. And you're right. And you can just overdub him with somebody. Yeah. The deep voice is needed.
0: Uh, all right. Who is your Dr. Claw?
1: I picked a bigger name who does kind of low voices and he's done good villains before. I don't want to see his face at all. Sure, you can let him be the hand. I don't give a shit um, or have a double. <laughs> I've used him before in other stuff. He is one of my favorite villains from my favorite movie. I went with Clancy Brown. I went with a big uh, yeah. a bigger name than Frank Welker if you need a bigger name for a villain, but right. he also does great voice work.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I I don't think they would have uh uh him do the hand. They would just have an actor, yeah. a, oh, yeah, actor probably. do that. I mean, because then clancy could just, you know, show up to work in his pajamas. Exactly. I mean, hell of a do- job. Yeah, who doesn't want to you know make a multi-million-dollar movie uh, in their pajamas? Um, I mean, other than porn stars. But that's uh, beside <laughs> the point.
1: Yeah, was that who is the the David Kellogg loves
0: that because yeah. he, he uh, <laughs> there we go. He directed those movies. So, uh, Playmates uh, Three is really when that series. Yeah, took off.
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it really hit its stride. Yeah. You
0: know? That's when the writing really, really got good and 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 deep. Really mm-hmm.
1: Real deep.
0: deep. <laughs> Real deep. <laughs> All Ugh. right, Penny. Uh, who did you guess for your Penny?
1: I didn't think too hard because um, you got to get like a, a kid. And I thought actually Michelle Trachtenberg's age range and in, in kind of like that 12 to 15 is range uh, was about perfect. Mm-hmm. And I did not think hard because this actress is just perfect right now. Um, especially coming off of uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, where I actually really, really liked her. I didn't think much, but Kenna Grace is the right penny for me.
0: That's a that's a smart call. She is mm-hmm. in the right uh, age range, and I think I ended up going a little older. Okay, um, but um, I so I decided I needed a, a big name in the Gen Z world to pull in for mine. So I went with another one I've used a hundred times before. I went with Millie Bobby Brown. She's about uh, okay. seventeen right now. She could skew a little younger if we needed to, or we could just make Penny a little bit older. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I think if you're going for the actual like age range of the cartoon, I think you nail it on the head.
1: Okay. Yeah. 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 They're not. I mean, they're two years apart or a year and a half apart. So I mean, you could you could kind of see it either way.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, I think she's like still seventeen, eighteen right now. Uh, yeah. I think she. Oh no,
1: she she just turned eighteen in February of this. year. Okay.
0: So I mean, she's still. Hollywood has no problems putting thirty-year-olds as high schoolers, so <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure that could s- still work, and I think both would would do fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think Millie Bobby Brown would probably bring in more people, probably. maybe right now, but I I think uh, I th- I think her performance in in Ghostbusters proved that uh, McKenna Grace would do a really good job.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: All right, uh, Inspector Gadget, which uh, I didn't say this, but I hated the fact that they gave him a fucking name in the movie.
1: Oh, awful, awful.
0: Because Penny always just refers to him as Uncle Gadget, is not exactly. Uncle Brown or Uncle John, it is Uncle Gadget, and I don't know why they thought he needed to have a name.
1: Nope, yeah. Fuck that backstory, get all of that away, and yep. just, he starts, re- he is a world famous like detective, Like that yeah. is his
0: thing. I don't need to see his origin story. No. No. I went with an actor who's probably aged out of it by now, but I still I still thought of him immediately, and it was funny because after I cast him, I forgot that he already played a character by um, uh, by uh, Dom Adams. He did, I, yeah, Maxwell Smart. I went with yep. uh, Steve Carell. He was actually the
1: first name that I wrote down because I thought of that as well, um, but because of the age out, I actually went with a younger actor. Yeah. Um, but I, it, because he was Maxwell Smart, it just does kind of work. It'd be kind of funny and simpatico if that. And he
0: he still has that kind of goofy sensibility, yeah. Um, in in a lot of the roles. So I mean, I, I you you know, if you want to have it as an older Inspector Gadget, that's fine. I mean, that actually would work better, I think, with the with Millie Bobby Brown's actual age. Yeah, um, yeah. Having it a little bit older, maybe maybe when we see him, he's a little bit farther into his career. Maybe he's in decline, and and he needs to. <laughs> you know get back in into the public's good graces or who knows how they want to spend that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Steve Carell, I think is a, a fantastic actor for a part like this and probably 10 years ago would have been the perfect person to do it.
1: Yes, and actually I think I saw that he was either considered or they wanted him to do it, but he didn't end up he didn't want the role or mm-hmm. some other other people also didn't want the role. so yeah, I think it's a good call. I, I, yeah, I totally get that call. It makes all the sense in the world. I i am not copping out here, <laughs> but there are three actors. All three of them, I think, would be perfect,
0: okay. and I would be
1: happy with any one of them. Um, they're all around the same age range. I think the oldest was born in 78. The youngest was born in 81. Double checking that. No, actually, the oldest one was born in 73, so he's even a little older. You know, And two of these guys have a really good dynamic with the Chief Quimby because two of them were already in uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh. And, uh, and I can't pick between the three. You're going to have to help me pick. So one of my options is Adam Scott. Uh, I think he is a very funny actor, mm-hmm. and he works well with Nick Offerman as well. The other one who I think I'm kind of leaning towards is Ben Schwartz. He played John Ralphio. Yeah in uh and he he was born in 81 i think he's the youngest of this group but like hell that's older than me and if mckenna grace is even like 15 that's an age enough to be an uncle i think it fits just fine yeah. and i really he's like he's the voice in sonic the hedgehog you know so he's kind of getting bigger up there as a name and i think he's a hilarious dude and then the last person i thought of was andy samberg um he is you know co- comedic <sighs> comedic police he already did that with brooklyn Nine um, but between those three, I really, I just couldn't pick. I might lean Ben Schwartz, but they're all great.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a, a new show out that Adam Scott is in, and I don't know if it's in if it's the way they shot it, but man, he looks aged in that uh-huh. in that show. <laughs> um, my wife is watching. It is weird. It is out there and weird. Uh, Christopher Walken's in it. I oh. we I tried watching the first episode. And I checked out almost immediately. Because it's really like a a head game show. Ah. Um, Ben Schwartz is good, I think, in this. I don't know if he'd be a big enough name. Like I said, other than Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I haven't been big on most of Andy Sandberg's stuff. Okay. I think out of the three, though, I'd probably have to pick Andy Sandberg. I'm going to throw this name out here. What about, and this, uh, I don't know, what about Paul Rudd? (sighs) Maybe.
1: I mean, he doesn't look old, so, you know, it's
0: He's goofy enough. He is goofy. I think, I th- well, I, out of the three that you picked, yeah. my pick would be Andy Sandberg. Okay. Fair enough. And I,
1: like I said, I, I couldn't pick. You know, I, Paul Rudd could do it. Paul Rudd's not a bad call either. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if he was the choice. Okay. Or hell, like a Bill Hader. Hell, I put Neil Patrick Harris, I thought, might, might do a decent job. I could see that too. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's a lot of decent stuff, but whatever it is, it's got to be better than that piece of shit <laughs> 1999 film that we forced <laughs> ourselves
0: to watch. Absolutely. All right. That was our recasting of Inspector Gadget.
1: Please join us next time for another album review episode. We're going to talk about one of my absolute favorite rock albums from the 90s, Litz, A Place in the Sun.